Do you feel sorry for Theresa May? Sometimes I do. I mean, she's being held. Why yeah. do you feel sorry for Sometimes her? Sometimes I do. Why do you feel sorry for her? Well, I just look at her and just think she looks dreadful. Um, what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? And the, the stuff about me paddling all the nonsense the sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. It's not in opposition that I want to be, and it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First <laughs> Minister <laughs> and its Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> If you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pads? I've anybody who's been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties, what the actual fuck? Hiya, besties. Guess who's back again? It's it's me obviously. Um, hi, it's me, Jennifer Wan, and this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Oh my god, it's been quite a Monday, hasn't it? I, <laughs> it's, it's been, um, <laughs> yeah, like a week and a day. Um, so, Christ, Rishi Sunak being shouted at in the street. The SNP has a new leader. Chris Chan is out of jail. I mean, wow. Manic Monday, as some wonderful ladies once said. But I'm here today to talk to you about the results of the SNP leadership contest. It's over. It's done. It's decided. And we're going to talk about it right now. So grab a drink. Grab a snack. Get comfy and get cosy because we are about to dive right in. Okay, so today was the day. Um, there was a big event to announce the winner. Um, so everybody's in a room, there's an audience, there's journalists, everyone's together. And then the results are announced. So they started with a breakdown of the votes. So there was a 70% turnout. Um, the first preference votes, um, Ash Regan got 5,599 votes. She got 11.1% of the first preference votes. Kate Forbes got 20,559, so she got 40.7%. Listen, as someone who struggles with maths, I found all these numbers confusing and I was just like, I need you to just say who won because I don't... <laughs> the math is not mathing, darling. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kate Forbes got 40.7%. Hamza Youssef got 24,336 first preference votes and so had 48.2%, which means two things. Number one, Ash Regan is knocked out and it goes down to a second round where um, first preference votes are then transferred and things like that. Um, so basically the way that the voting worked 
you were given the three candidates and you could select your first preference, your second preference and your third preference. You didn't have to pick all three. You could just pick one person and be like, I'm only voting for this one person. I'm not going to transfer any votes. I don't have any second preferences. Or you could, you know, you could pick all three and put them in the order you liked. Or you could just pick two, whatever you wanted to do, really. Um, and so basically, <laughs> um, any of the um the the second preferences would go to the two candidates that were still left in to bring up their numbers to kind of see who's gonna who's who's gonna win basically um and so that brought us to these totals so Kate Forbes ended with 23,890 votes and Humza Youssef ended with 26,000 <laughs> I'm actually looking at these numbers I think I have I, I don't like I don't know if I do I'm not a doctor or whatever but sometimes I think I have that thing where it's like dyslexia for numbers because sometimes I look at numbers and then they get all mixed off and I'm like I don't know what's going on anyway sorry I'm sidetracking um yeah so Humzi <laughs> Humzi Yusuf ended up with 26,032 votes and was the winner so a lot of votes were cast and um, in the end, Humza Yusuf walks away the winner. But I, I think that there was a lot of, a lot of good things to take away for everybody, really. And I'm going to go into why. So in the immediate moments after he's announced um, as the winner, he stands up it was it was quite a sweet moment actually him and Kate just hug and oh it was adorable it was it was so sweet I have to tell you girl Ash Regan looked crushed she looked really sad um I don't think this went the way she thought it was gonna go um and she she looked sad and I, I felt a bit bad for her actually um especially because She's having to be sad in front of cameras on live television. One of the things that I think, you know, is, is I guess, important here is that, you know, these candidates have had to go through this entire process effectively in front of cameras all the time. And I mean, that's high stress, darling. That's high stress. Um... So whether they win, whether they lose, today would have been very emotional and very stressful. And so basically, I hope all of them have someone to like give them a hug after and look after them. Um, so Humza then goes up and he makes a speech and he talks about his goals, um, what he hopes to achieve. There was a very emotional moment, actually, where the camera panned over to his mum and she, she was crying and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, that's so sweet. Because like she's literally sitting there watching her son become first minister. Like, can you imagine, can you actually imagine how emotional of a moment that would be? Like, oh my God. So that, I was like, oh my God, I can't. This is so emotional. Wow. Um, I think it was a very emotional day for everybody, really. <laughs> um uh so 
his his focus is you know moving forward solving the the problems that people find in their everyday lives and making a case for independence through good governance okie doke okay uh so the scottish greens seem happy with the result because they have voted for the party to stay in coalition with the smp they're happy uh to continue with that which which is good um nicola sturgeon has said that she will never say who she voted for she will never reveal the truth but i will not who she voted for because i don't know but <laughs> i'll tell you who i voted for but i might keep you in suspense a little longer because <laughs> i'm in troll mode um but i mean i i think it's sensible I think it's sensible for her to to maybe keep it to herself. She's being very uh, BB on All Stars when she's like, yeah, I have a lipstick hair on my bra, but I'm not going to tell anyone who I voted for to go home. Mm -mm. I'm going to keep that shit to myself. And she did. She kept that shit to herself the whole way through. And I was like, yes, bitch, queen shit. Um, but I think it's sensible because... Honestly, I think regardless of who Nicola Sturgeon voted for, people are going to make drama out of it. Like, she could have voted for any of the candidates and people would make drama out of it. Um, and I, I just think something like that is really unhelpful now at, at this point when the SNP needs to be trying to bring everybody together so that the party can move forward. And, of course, the Scottish government can move forward because they are in government. So it's not just about the good of the party. This is a party that's leading the government in Scotland. And so they need to be also putting the people of Scotland first. And jumping headfirst into a bunch of drama is not the fucking one so i think this is smart by her and i think it shows the experience that she has you know she's smarter than that she's not gonna she's not gonna make a mess she's not <laughs> and i fucking respect that from her <laughs> what do i not respect who do i not respect douglas ross um i want to talk about this for a little second so <laughs> Douglas Ross, the leader of the Scottish Conservatives, one of the things that he has done throughout his time as leader of the Scottish Conservatives, he has followed a tradition that many of the Scottish Conservatives have done, and that is um, being incredibly abrasive towards Nicola Sturgeon and also focusing a lot of the campaigning on basically riling up some of the more misogynistic members of the Conservative Party to go after her and attack her. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times before, but, you know, if you look at a lot of their political advertising, for example, um, the Conservative Party as a whole, um, when they're going up against, for example, Labour, they they didn't target the leaders specifically in the same way um you know sure they would they would pick on <laughs> on the leaders a little but it would never get to the point where they would be degrading those leaders and you know <laughs> making you know making those leaders out to be um you know kind of shrill naggy horrible middle-aged women um because everybody knows if you want misogynist to you know to be on your side that's literally what you got to do and obviously they can't really do that with the labor party 
because the Labour Party just won't elect a woman to lead them. Uh, <laughs> except for Kezia Dogda, of course. Um, but, you know, that was Scottish Labour, so, like... And, 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 <laughs> and she got plenty of shit from her own party, so I, I, I don't know how, how good that actually ended up in the end, but... <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, um, but the Scottish Conservatives have very much, during the time that they have been up against Nicola Sturgeon, personalised their campaigning um, specifically to try and draw people out to go after her in a misogynistic way. One of the things that they did in a recent campaign, uh, and I think they've actually done the same campaign a couple of times, um, they they would use language such as tell her no, tell her this, tell her that, um, to try and get people to vote for them. And it's very focused on her, as if the party is entirely her. Um, they would, um, they would try and degrade her. Um, Douglas Ross specifically, um, he would be very abrasive, very shouty, very aggressive, whenever he was speaking to Nicola Sturgeon um, in literally any context. And it was really quite uncomfortable to watch at times. Um, but you know what? I don't think he's going to be doing that with with Humza Yusuf. Um, so he was on BBC News talking about it and he was very calm and he was very measured. It was actually like watching a completely different man because he was, you know, he was very calm. He was very polite. He was almost reasonable. And and I just, I thought to myself, huh, huh, it's very funny. It's very cute to see him trying to act all nice and respectable now that his opposition is going to be a man. And not a woman. That's, that's very adorable. He's not going to try the fucking Dominic Raab tribute act. Running around being a fucking bully. Because he's not going to do that to a man. That's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, like I said, that kind of approach um, has kind of been a tradition within the Scottish Conservatives. At least, I mean... I think the kind of more shouty variety goes back, I'd say, about, well, when Nicholas Sturgeon's confirmed anyway, um, I'd say probably to the Jackson Carlow era. Uh, Ruth Davidson, she did a bit of shouting, but not as much. Because she, she was trying to be the cool girl. I'm not like the other Tories. I'm special and I'm different thing. So I guess she wanted to kind of... <laughs> try and not come across um as poorly um but after her they just they just went mad with it and they were like fuck it let's just be utter bastards but it's it's just funny and interesting to me that Douglas Ross tries to be all nice and respectable and polite when he's faced with a first minister that he can't be a misogynistic bully too and I do wonder how different his approach would be if Ash Regan or Kate Forbes had won I I do wonder um <laughs> so it will be interesting to see if he will keep it up and continue to behave like a proper person or whether maybe the mask slips and it turns out he's just an angry scary gross man um we'll see i guess 
<laughs> we'll see. Um, I feel... I feel pretty positive about it, to be honest. Um, I think that certainly now that all of the drama um, is... Oh, God! I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm literally interrupting myself. I... No way that can't be true. No fucking way. No. Oh my God. Okay. So apparently... This is a this is like completely different. This is a complete change of subject. <laughs> but um so you know the postal strikes, right? <laughs> the postal strikes. So apparently Royal Mail were threatening to declare insolvency to try and avoid paying their staff properly. Um which would mean that the government would have to appoint <laughs> a special administrator to run the firm um no that's got to be a joke this can't be real i can't mm. no because i'm not seeing that everywhere so i'm assuming that is actually a joke um so <laughs> someone just tweeted that the government appointed every delivery to act as a special administrator because every used to be Hermes um and they are terrible at delivering parcels and things I'm I'm gonna believe that this is a joke because if this is real I, I can't cope with that I can't uh, oh. we're saying it's fake news okay <laughs> just <laughs> for the sake of all of our mental health um so <laughs> God, well, see, that's what I get for fucking checking my notifications while I'm recording. My God, um, where was I before I rudely interrupted myself? Yes, so um, now that the drama is done, because believe me, there was a lot of drama, as you heard. Um, I think um, first and foremost, I think the candidates themselves all want to move forward in a positive way, and they've all been very um sensible about that they've all um you know been very open about wanting to move forward and move towards something positive um both ash and kate have posted uh congratulations to hamza um and they've kind of everybody seems to be reflecting on the fact that regardless of who won um it is a positive thing that firstly there was a lot of media attention on a part of the UK that when it comes to political media does not often get the the attention that it deserves because a lot of UK political media is very London centric so if it doesn't happen in Westminster it doesn't get reported on so for the last month and a bit Scotland has been the main character for a while and my hope to be honest my hope is that 
first and foremost, <laughs> some of the commentators outside of, of Scottish media will learn from this because I think some of them very much um, showed a lack of knowledge and that should be embarrassing for them. For some of them, it won't be because they won't have the self-awareness to be embarrassed, but it should be embarrassing. So I'm hoping that some of the ones that are a bit more Westminster-centric um, will up their game, level up, brush up on their knowledge and find shit out, you know. Um, I hope that in the future there will be more focus given to, you know, the everyday life and times of Scottish politics and not just Scotland as well. I want more focus on what's happening in Wales, what's happening in Northern Ireland, you know, because the world doesn't revolve around England, you know, and and so I think that is a positive of this leadership contest. Um, for a little while, the UK's political media had no choice but to actually engage with Scotland and, and to look at what's happening and to talk to Scottish voters and people all across Scotland and find out what do they think, what's on their minds, um, rather than just ignoring them. Um, I mean, there's still been a bit of delusion going on, don't get me wrong, um, you know, from some of the people that still can't really get out of that London-centric mindset. But I think steps have been taken and, and we're, we're on the right path. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and I, I, I think that the candidates are determined to try and take us on a positive path. And I'm hoping that their supporters will join them. Um, because I, I don't think it makes sense to dwell on this. You know, you can say, oh, I, I wish my candidate won. I'm upset. But there's no point. There's no point. It, what's done is done. What's happened's happened. It's better to try and move forward and focus on the road ahead. I think that each of these candidates are, are going to be doing exciting things. I don't think any of them are just going to fade into the background. Um, you know, I mean... <laughs> Ash Regan is very focused on she wants to expand conversations around independence, reach out to voters on that topic and normalise talking about it, which I think is great. Kate Forbes, I think, is going to be focusing more on, you know, on her economic strengths, which I like I've said before, I really, really, really wish that her whole campaign had been centred around that instead of her sort of falling into all of these, you know, bad situations and sort of somewhat inadvertently um, kicking off a lot of very uncomfortable um, situations. So I, I, I would hope that going forward, she wants to focus on on what she can bring as somebody who is incredibly intelligent when it comes to the economy because I think that is one of her great strengths. Um, but also, you know, she's she was the only candidate in the race that is a fluent Gaelic speaker. Um, I think, again, that is a great strength for her. That's something she can take forward, promoting this beautiful language. Um, girl, if you, <laughs> if you need help from that uh, and you... <laughs> And you would like the assistance of a girl that's done sort of a couple units on Duolingo? Hi. 
I'm kidding. I'm obviously going to have to work it a little more. But still, still, oh my God, imagine one day I just rock up and do an entire podcast in Gaelic. <laughs> I feel like that would be camp. But anyways, um, and obviously Humza, he's going to be going forward. He's going to be the first minister. So um, it's going to be exciting to see what all of them are up to, you know, in the next couple of weeks, in the next couple of months. I think it's we're at a good point and it's exciting and I think that's cool um so yeah I I feel pretty good about things I I feel pretty positive um I I have I have good vibes (laughs) I have um I have good vibes I am very curious as to what Humza's cabinet is going to look like. I I have many questions. I would like to know who he would be um, bringing into his government. I, I think that's going to be an exciting development. Um, do you want to know who I voted for? <laughs> do you want to know? I'm going to tell you. Um, so I voted for two candidates. So when this all started, I made the decision that I wanted to be, I wanted to be fair to all the candidates and give them all a chance, which, I mean, you were on that journey with me and I, I did my best to do that. Um, there were a lot of things that I was looking for, um, you know, in, in a potential winner for me. So I, how many, how many, I, I, I don't know how many of my key factors there were, but let me just list them and then maybe we can count them or something. So number one, I wanted somebody who was focused on the cost of living crisis because I think that's important number two somebody who was focused on safeguarding and protecting the NHS number three see I'm counting them as I go um somebody who is passionate about and ready to have new ideas about self-determination Okay. Number four, somebody who preferably was a woman, but see, these are not in order, by the way, but that that was quite low down because I I accepted that obviously that couldn't be the most important factor. But what can I say? I dig on powerful women. I don't know. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's it's not just that. Um, but I, I do I do think it's important that there are women in power, I do. And one of the reasons why it, it was a notable factor for me is because, and, and this is not a dig at Humza at all, because obviously it's, it's, not, it's not his fault. Um, but as it stands now, there will be no women leading parties at Holyrood, with the exception of Lorna Slater, who is the co-convener of the Scottish Greens, but um, it is primarily 
Patrick Harvey that people will see publicly as a leader um, of, of, of the Scottish Greens. So there is very little in the way of leadership and female representation, which is a shame. And I, I'm very nostalgic for the era where you had, um, there was, there was a time when there was three women, three women in power. Holy rude. There was Nicola Sturgeon, of course, Kezia Dugdale, Ruth Davidson. That was to me like the golden era. And also like, Patrick Harvey is a man, but he was chill as fuck. So that was fine. And then there was like Willie Rennie and like, who cares? But like, <laughs> nobody cares about Willie Rennie, girl. <laughs> nobody cares. Most people haven't even realised that he resigned and was replaced by Alex Cole Hamilton. Like, let's be real. Um, but, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I did because I'm a nerd. But like, everyday people, I don't know that they know. Um, anyway, so for me, I, I think female representation is is important but you know I was willing to negotiate on that um and somebody who was willing to you know to go out and engage with people you know because that was that was a big strength that I thought Nicola Sturgeon had and so I, I very much wanted that to continue um obviously as the contest went on and and it it kind of became a, a an angry um screaming match about gay rights and i was like whoa what the fuck <laughs> now bitch why am i in it what what, <laughs> what the fuck is going on <laughs> bitch what the fuck and suddenly I got kind of anxious um you know and and that was the point for me um for two reasons Kate Forbes kind of went out the window for me um so not just because of the gay of it all right because like I said I believe her when she says that she would not remove existing rights. I do believe her when she says that. So even though I found it thoroughly unpleasant as a whole affair, I I could get past that. But what I what I struggled to get past was the fact that she repeatedly got herself in those messes and didn't seem to know how to navigate the media at all, um, which I... Girl, really? <laughs> like I said before, like, she's, you know, she's she's been a minister for a while. It was, it was very strange and unsettling to watch. Um, so... That for me was a massive red flag, and I thought, well, I I don't think that having a leader of a party, a party which is already, uh, frankly, a lot of the time unfairly um, hyper criticised 
by the media. Um, I don't think it's going to be a great choice to elect a leader who has more than proven in just a few short weeks that she is going to struggle with with the media because they've got a ton of ammo and she doesn't know what to do. She she does not know what to do. Um, so even though, and, and I know maybe this is a, a controversial opinion, I know some other LGBT people don't feel the same way I do, um, you know, but she... She said that she had no plans to restrict rights and... Oh, okay, great news, everybody. <laughs> the, um, the the tweet about every taking over Royal Mail was a joke. It's okay, we're saved. Um, again, I'm checking my notifications. I'm so sorry. Um, so even though, you know, she said she had no plans to limit people's rights... And I, I believe her. I understand. I very much understand that some other people would struggle to believe that and may still be wary for that reason specifically. Um, I completely get that. Um, I did very much struggle with the idea of... Of somebody who, who whether it's for religious reasons or not, views someone like me as, you know, less than herself. I mean, you know, people, I, I don't really want to get dragged back into the whole thing, but that, that is really the only way that you can take it, you know. If marriage is just between a man and a woman, well, why why is that why what what girl why and we know why it's because in her mind that's right that's normal and anything other than that is is not normal and i <laughs> i spent my whole life thinking that i'm i'm not normal um and it's not a great feeling i'll be real um so that that was upsetting but I, I did believe her like I said I did believe her when she said that despite her personal feelings Christ um she she would not uh take away any rights however I I just I still even though I believed her when she said that I still I still couldn't vote for Kate Forbes so I didn't uh, <laughs> so she was she was out she was out so then I'm left with two candidates Ash Regan and Hamza Youssef so I kind of vibed with both you know I mean at the beginning at the beginning I also vibed with Kate Forbes but you know that kind of went off the rails it is what it is um so then I'm like okay well, what would I do, what do I do now what do I do now? And I remember when that when the when the day came and and the ballots opened, and I remember I was like, I should wait and I should think about this. But then I, but then I couldn't, and I. <laughs> and I remember just looking at the screen for for about ten minutes because I was like, 
Hmm. Okay, I know who I'm not voting for, but who am I voting for? What am I going to do? Oh my God. Um, so I'm just sort of thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, how do I pick? How do I decide? What do I do? Um, because I really liked how passionate Ash was about engagement, about getting out and talking to people, meeting people, um, changing their minds. I know, like I said, people clowned on the readiness thermometer, but like I said, she finessed it in the end and I vibed with that. Um, I liked that she was willing to talk about how we can make things better in the NHS. You know, she was willing to have that conversation and admit that things haven't been perfect, but we can we can do the work and we can make things better. I like that. And I like that she kind of had this like kind of scrappy raw passion. I thought that was cool. Um, and obviously, you know, she got points for being a woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get emails about being a misandrist again. No, it's fine. Um, so I, I kind of vibed with that. Um, Hamza also I vibed with a lot, like a lot, because, you know, he... He has a lot of experience in government, which I thought would be very useful. Um, he had a lot of really great ideas, again, about engagement and getting out and um, meeting with people, changing people's minds, um, which I thought was really great. Um, and sort of... I I I really I really admired the way that he was again so passionate. I I thought that was great. So I was like, mm, what do I do? What do I do? Um and it was a long ten minutes, you know. Um but in the end in the end I um, I decided to vote for Humza as my first preference and Ash as my second preference, um, and, and no votes for Kate. Sorry, girl. <laughs> um, so... In in the end, um, I guess I won. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you know, to to be to be quite honest, like obviously, I'm I'm behind Hamza, obviously. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be one of those people that's like, well, I I mm, I'm leaving goodbye. Like I'm not I'm not doing that. I mean, where would I go? Uh, <laughs> Where did I go? Um, I'll be completely honest. There were other people that didn't stand that actually I really wish would have. Um, And so that would have been very cool. But they didn't. Uh, So we had the candidates that we had. Um, At the time that I voted... I was just kind of going with my heart, I guess. I don't know. 
But as time went on, I kind of found, you know, both of them became even more interesting to me. And and actually, as a whole, you know, throughout the contest, and now that it's over, I do feel that I've gotten to know each of the candidates a lot more and that they are so much more um, complex than I think any of us realised at the beginning. And as short as this contest has been, it's kind of been like a whirlwind introduction <laughs> to these people. And and so, like I said, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do next. And you know, so I'm 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 happy with the result. I feel good about this. I feel good about the future and what's going to happen, and I'm okay with it. Um, I am wondering what's going to happen next of course um i mean in the immediate future um nicola sturgeon will now officially resign as first minister and i will probably cry uh, <laughs> yeah christ spent a long time crying over a lesbian crying over a straight woman how novel um <laughs> No, because I'm not crying over her like that. No, 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 no. Um, so she'll resign. And then there'll be a vote um, at Holyrood uh, to uh, to decide the new first minister. But Hamza Yusuf is expected to win. So that's sort of... Like, it's an obstacle, but it's, like, not a huge one, obviously. <laughs> um and and then boom new first minister there are some people calling for um Holyrood to be dissolved for a new election um so that Hamza Yusuf can win his own mandate I don't know whether that's happening um I, I haven't seen any kind of confirmation or really any speculation about it just a couple of people saying that it should happen but I, I haven't really seen anyone um you know, talking about it in a in a real sense. So I guess we'll see if that happens. Um, but I think as difficult as this leadership election has been in some points, and it, and it has been, I think also in, in some ways, I think it's been positive. Um, it has given the party new focus um it's been full of new experiences and it has put the focus on a country that like I said doesn't get as much attention as it deserves and it is forcing people all over the UK to seriously engage with what's happening in Scotland instead of just seeing it through you know sort of a pre-packaged, you know, ridiculously naive fucking BBC News lens, you know? It's it's taking a serious look, a deep dive. And, and I think that's healthy. I think that it's important that everybody across the UK knows about everything across the UK. 
it shouldn't be the case that we just know about what's happening on our doorstep. We should know about what's going on on everybody's doorsteps. And I think, actually, in a weird sense, that this leadership election may have put us on that road. And I think that's great. Okay, besties, that's all, but I will see you again very soon. Love you, bye. I nearly wet myself then. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you again next time for a new episode of What the Actual Fuck is Going On with This Whole Politics Business. Uh, the, the stuff about me paddle will be nonsense. The sea was actually closed, it was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK taxpayer. It's not in opposition that I want to be in, it's Nicola's desk I want. I want to serve this country <laughs> as First Minister <laughs> and as Labour values. You can have the desk, you're just not getting the job. <laughs> I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World. Who's been to Pads? I've been, been to Peppa Pig World. In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously. What the actual fuck?